Now, Executive Suites with WPRI.com reporter Ted Nisi. Welcome to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Always glad to have you with us. Well, today we have on a CEO I have known a long time since I was a cub reporter at Providence Business News. <laughs> Quite a few years ago. I'm even grayer than him now, which I don't know how that happened, folks, but it did. Jim Grace. Jim is the founder and CEO of Insure My Trip. They're based out of Warwick. It's Insure My Trip, but it's smooshed together one word with capitals. Jim, That's thanks right. for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, Jim, as I said, so funny, I was, I was reading up to, to get question ideas. I found one of my old stories when we were talking way back, so we've plenty to catch up on. But sure. for folks who aren't familiar with the company, just at a high level, tell them what you do at InsureMyTrip. Sure. So we are the largest travel insurance comparison site in the U.S. We also operate in Canada. We've got about 28 companies and over 1,100 different products in our systems. And what we do is primarily sell direct to consumers, so you and I. So you would be my customer. customer. But we also have deals where we work with travel agents and online travel agents, some of the big boys, uh, and tour operators and that type of thing. So, so you're the one to go to when someone wants to insure their trip, yes, <laughs> you right, know, right. get insurance. Yeah, the name for, does speak for it, itself. It, it really gets yeah. it across, right? To, to be clear to people, you yourself are not the insurer. That's right. You are right. Uh, you're a go-between to help people find the right insurance policy from the others, right? Right, that's right. We are an insurance agent at core, but we also think of ourselves as a technology company that sells insurance. So, so that's sort of our niche because we're about half technology people half insurance people. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very unique place to be. And primar primarily we sell online, but we have a very large call center that's really cool. Yeah, you have, yeah I've, see, I've seen a video of it down there. That's a, that is an amazing spot. I remember, uh, as I said, when I was covering you a decade ago, you guys were growing then. Talk a little about the company, how big, you are, how big your sure. operation is today uh, and what, what your footprint is. Right now, so we own the building down in Warwick, and we're, we're about 100 people. Right now, we're looking at adding probably between 10 to 15 people next year. So it's been a nice growth trajectory for us. Uh, you know, like I said, about half customer care, or they're all insurance agents. So they're all licensed in all 50 states. They sit in our call center, which looks like NASA. So we monitor world events across large screens uh, just because as people call, they have to know what's happening in the world and how to advise people which products are best. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of this group is software developers, designers, data scientists, quality control people. And we are very, very on the cutting edge of machine learning and artificial intelligence to do some really cool things to identify the right product for you, which might not be the right product for me, depending on where we're going, the makeup of your family, the age of the people. So it's really a fascinating company that way. Yeah, I was thinking, I think when you and I were talking a decade or so ago when I was writing newspaper stories about uh, you guys, I don't think AI was much of a conversation yet uh, back then. Yeah. And now it's something all over. And, and you were just, you've been interviewed recently about that. Talk a little about how, because AI, I feel like, is one of those things, people hear about it a lot, but it can be hard, especially if you're not in the technology space, to think, what does that really mean? It's a buzzword to people. How concretely has that affected how you do what you do at Insure My Trip? Well, at its core, it's all about data. It starts with data and getting really good data. And artificial intelligence for a lot of people is a bit scary. What is it? How does it work? But it, essentially what it is is a way to understand data in a better way using massive algorithms to pull out the information you need to make smart decisions. And deliver it. We're, what we're trying to do is deliver that to customers. So uh, we have 20 years of data. 
we have real-time external data, what's happening in the world. We know where you're going and what's happening, and we have 1,100 products. So what it does is it takes all of these components in to make smart decisions, and we call it smart, uh, about S which S product. S-N-A-R-T is That's like right. the name of the, and, the and system. And it's an yeah. acronym, but it has no you know, meaning. But it's, it sounded <laughs> right. cool. Yeah. So, but <laughs> to make really good decisions as to what product's right for you. And like I said, it, it could be different for you and me and your listeners. And, and that one of our goals is to get it exactly right for each person. And out of 1,100 products, they're all different. So the one that you buy and the one I buy might be completely different which is really important. So I, I want to talk about travel insurance as a product a little bit. You know it well. And, yeah. you know, when you think about it, it's, we all have that calculus with all insurance, right? The risk reward. All right, well, I could put the money out and then I don't need the insurance because right. I don't want my trip to be canceled. Um, so do I try to pocket it and, you know, play the odds? Sure. But then again, I'm going to be bummed if this expensive European trip doesn't happen and I'm out of the money and, and all that. I assume you wouldn't suggest buying it to drive to South County. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so what, right. you know, how do you, what do you think, you know, your job is to sell people travel insurance, but also to help them understand when they need it. You know, what are the, when do you tell people this is when you need to start thinking sure. you're going to want to have had that? You know, what we think about, what I, the way I think about it first is start with medical insurance. That's one. While your domestic health insurance might cover you internationally, many don't, and they're not very good at it. When you're in Italy or South America or Korea or wherever you're traveling or Japan, they won't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. So, Start with medical, make sure you have it. Number two is make sure you have what's called medical evacuation insurance. So if you are hurt in some strange location, they will take you from that location to higher care, and many will take you home as well if you're injured or ill or sick or whatever it might be. So I start there, and then the next step is you have to evaluate what you're willing to risk. Mm -hmm. So for some people, you know, a $1,000 or $500 trip is a lot of money, and they should insure it. For other people, 2000 or $5,000 is sort of where they're comfortable insuring. So it's really a personal decision. The products that are best are these combined products that include them all, and they're, they're a package. They're called comprehensive travel insurance policies, and they include all those benefits. But understand your tolerance for risk. Uh, you know, look at what the expenses are should you get sick, your flight get canceled. A great example is you're flying to a cruise and the cruise is for seven days. Well, your flight's canceled. There goes the cruise ship. Right. You know, and they don't really care that you're there or not. It's not like a TV yeah. show where the helicopter right. brings you and drops right. you on top exactly. of the cruise ship. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. quite happen that way. <laughs> yeah. So you've missed your, your cruise. The cruise did nothing wrong. And right. now you have a $5,000 problem or a $3,000 problem. Are you willing to lose that? Probably not. The other thing to think about is... What do you think it would cost to insure a three to five? And I know there's yeah, a big range, it's, but... It's usually five to seven percent of your trip cost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 150 plus dollars. Mm -hmm. But also recognize that there are 1,100 products at your disposal. And oftentimes when you buy through an airline or a cruise line, you're getting one product. And that one product may be tuned to do things that you don't need. So it's really important to shop and understand what you're buying. And that's why I formed Insure My Trip, because I wanted to know why are there different products and what's better for me. So that sort of was the you know, beginning of why the, this whole thing was created. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how Insure My Trip got created and uh, what's in the future for the company. Stick with us on Executive Suite. That's a good idea. 
Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Glad to have you with us. This week we are talking to Jim Grace. Jim is founder and CEO of Insure My Trip. Uh, InsureMyTrip.com is the website. It's a travel insurance comparison and purchasing site, and they're they're uh, up to about a hundred people down in Warwick. And actually, we're in we're in twenty years, right? Yeah, this is that's right. This is our twentieth anniversary year. in 2020, yeah. 2020, yeah, that and we talk about twenty twenty. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, talk to us a little about the origin story of the company. How sure. did you come to found InsureMyTrip? Where did the idea come from, and how did you get it off the ground? So, my background is engineering and computer science, and I worked for a company called Grumman, making military aircraft. Thought that was really cool. I did that about four years and was involved in some of the early internet hooking Grumman to what was called the DARPA net, which was really okay. interesting. There was no email. It was just files going back and You're forth. dating yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, right? Uh, then I recognized that I, I wanted to learn some other things, so I learned insurance. And I worked with my dad and learned insurance. And in 1994, launched the first travel insurance website with one product. <laughs> That was great. Worked great for six years. 1994. So you're 94, on like the old Netscape. Oh yeah, like, uh, the, maybe two and those pictures. weird CompuServe emails yes. with numbers and yep. stuff. And then so in June 2000, well before June in '99, I got the idea. I want to compare so these saw, products. I just have to start there because I'm curious. So you saw early. You're like you know you hear from like Jeff Bezos about what he could see, where he thought things were going when he found Amazon. You oh, saw yeah. in '94 when not that many people there were, were using not the many people e-commerce. Out there. Everyone was petrified of right. credit cards online. Really, travel was the first usage case of, yeah. of the internet with airlines and otherwise. Yeah. And I saw the opportunity that travel and insurance, a unique product, mm -hmm. was really the right product at the right time. Grew that for five or six years and said. I've got to create a marketplace where all travel insurers can get their products online and we can understand what the differences are. June 2000, in my basement, one-year-old daughter on my shoulder, right, putting the final coding touches on the website. I launch it at midnight. A woman from Maine buys five, second, five minutes later. A woman from uh, somewhere else bought right away. She starts crying. I'm crying. My wife runs downstairs. What's wrong with you people? You know, so it's all working, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And it really launched from there. That must have been an amazing site. You press publish on the it, website I'm like, or Go. whatever. Right. Upload. And then waiting. Right. For something happened. And then and, you and make a sale. And thinking it might not work. Right. Or is anyone yeah. to find yeah, it? Right. 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 And it really did work. And now here and, you are. Yeah. So what have been the big, you know, 20 years, what have been the big moments that got people either thinking about travel insurance more or sure. really helped take insure my trip? to another level with your penetration in the market or how much people were using it. When you think of sort of milestones in the sure. course of the company, what comes to mind? You know, I can think of two to three. One was 9-11 was obviously a big mm -hmm. impact for everybody. And, and initially, I just started the company, and then travel got quiet. And that was a little scary as a Ooh, company as well. Sure. But what happened was, immediately thereafter, everyone who traveled bought travel insurance. So it was a wake-up call that travel insurance does protect this type of event and can, in fact, protect travelers should it happen again. Because just because uh, I can imagine where people's minds are going, not just God forbid you're in a, a terrible disaster and traveling, right. but if uh, the whole, remember the whole country's flights were shut down it's for a while. cancellations, yeah. it's all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So when you're not, when they're, you know, whether it be weather or otherwise, uh, if travel isn't happening, this type of product protects you. Mm -hmm. So the next big event was the volcanoes mm. in uh, Iceland. So what happened was people were stranded on both sides of the pond, right? and that was a wake-up call because millions of people were on one side or the other side and couldn't get there. We were sending people around the other way to get home, <laughs> you know, yeah. the long way. Yeah. But it also other events remind me, like even 2008, the, the financial crash, 
people bought more travel insurance after that because that same investment they wanted to protect. Mm -hmm. So there were little changes. So when I started in the industry about seven to eight percent of all travelers bought travel insurance. Today it's in the 20 to 25 percent range. It's not everybody, but it's, it's a growing market yeah. and we're fortunate to be right where you need to be to be successful. Do you think the internet's made it easier for you? know, you can just, you, you consider it, so you're like, well, I'll go and you Google and you end up on Insure My Trip and you right. start to think about it. Do you think that's made a difference? That's definitely helped. I think the other places, you know, you're offered it at airlines, at cruise line checkout, and those products are often very thin. They cover very few things and on the airlines or uh, some other areas, it's, it's $20. There's not a lot of coverage in that $20. So, once, so a lot of people have purchased those benefits, and w then they realize that they really need travel insurance, something a little bit more robust, and they come and find us. Mm -hmm. And that's one sort of vehicle that gets them to insure my trip. Let's talk about a concrete example. So as I said, we're taping this beginning of 2020, these horrible fires in yeah. Australia. We're all seeing the pictures. It's extraordinary. That's a popular travel destination yeah, sure as is. well. You know, how does something like that affect right now insure my trip when you when you see it's having happening around the world, but that's your business? Sure. Well, there's two ways. One is so the people that were traveling to Australia are concerned. And there are certain per certain policies that will allow you to cancel even if your destination is not necessarily affected yet. Uh, the other thing is which policy to buy now mm. uh, if the fire is going to continue. Now it is a little tough to buy insurance. Let's say your house is on fire, <laughs> right. you can't buy insurance for your house. The same sort of thing happens here, but there are products that are still critical that you should be considering, like we talked about, medical, medical evac, and others if you go there. To what extent is it a live market where um, I'm thinking of like, you know, the stock market every second is repricing everything based on the news yeah. of the day and the headlines. Do you see on the back end at Insure My Trip the insurers, you know, their Australia policy that the yeah. day before the first fire started was X, all of a sudden it's X plus 20 and then you're watching it go, are, are, do you see it, that live? It's not quite that. Yeah. yeah but they, there are dynamic rules and, and things, but they're all filed products. So every product we sell is filed in all 50 states. So there are very, very tight guidelines on pricing and what mm -hmm. they can and can't do. So, but they are, are dynamic. Are they more likely to just pull them off the shelf then if like, uh, we're not going to sell one right now? That's, because that happens. Mm. That does happen, depending on what's going on. Or they'll say, no more travel insurance sold to Australia. And they haven't said that. But yeah. they have said it for Iraq or you know, some yeah. of the other destinations, Cuba. Uh, or uh, any of the OFAC countries, yeah. also uh, North Korea, There's yeah. the, any of the And I assume it's, real it's also if you just, just call volume, right, of people wanting, asking about the policy or That's kind of right. should I get a policy and everything just skyrockets it when does. something like this. So what happens is, so we have 45 insurance agents that are licensed in all 50 states, and they're there to help you find the right product for you. They, are, they do a consultative sales approach, so they listen, they understand what you're concerned about, and out of the 1,100 products, they will get it down to a few that they feel would be most appropriate for you. And that, it's not a hard sell. We will listen, and, and if we don't sell the product, that's okay, too. So your bet is on, if you build the trust that we didn't do the hard sell Absolutely. and we gave you good advice, over time, that's a better business path for you guys. Yeah. yeah, if you do the right thing for the customer, over the over time, it's better for you and the customer in the long yeah. term. And they're probably going to take another vacation at some point. Yeah, so <laughs> they we hope, hope so. so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. We come back. We're going to talk more with Jim about running a techni technology company in Rhode Island and what the challenges and opportunities are there. Stick with us on Executive Suite. 
Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Glad to have you with us. Joining me today, we're continuing the conversation with Jim Grace. He is the founder and CEO of Insure My Trip. They are a website that helps people buy travel insurance when they're taking a trip uh, down in Warwick. And Jim, uh, we were talking before the break about being a tech company, yes. and um, you've always been. You're a, you're you're kind of you're one of those like cool tech guys. You're like you're a licensed pilot. You're a yep. sailor. Um, and I'm I'm curious. You've talked before about how you wanted when you founded Insure My Trip, you, you didn't want that kind of really cold and impersonal corporate culture. Right. You know, what has that meant in terms of how you effectuated that at the company and, and why did you care about it? Well, I think, you know, at a tech company, you want to be attractive to lots of different people. And what we did is we have a very flat management style. It's me, I have eight directors, and then everybody else. So it's the I, I feel I want to be connected with everyone, and we grew the company that way. So things, problems get solved quickly, answers get you know answered quick, questions get answered quickly, that type of thing. And also, we have a very laid. I, I am way overdressed <laughs> for for our office right now. So we are jeans, no and ties, very, no ties, and very very comfortable, <laughs> and and shorts uh, during the summer. So it's that sort of culture. We have people who, half our people are at stand-up desks, mm -hmm. and I do. I stand all day, and it's better for you. So we, we do hackathons where we say uh, every quarter, three days, uh, teams get together and work on a project of any choice, uh, anything they want to do. Uh, so you pair some product people and some uh, data science people with some developers, and they work on something not necessarily even for the company. Maybe they've learned something. Maybe they want to try something. So it creates an, an environment where people really enjoy uh, being there. The other thing is with the environment, it matters who you hire, I assume, Absolutely. and the people you bring in is yeah. important. Yeah, we're very careful about that. You know, it, when I started, it was when I was hiring, I'm like, wow, you're going to work for me? This is great. <laughs> now it's completely different. Now what we do is they're very screened, and we also use a, a system we call Colby, which, and Colby is not a personality test. But what it does do is it identifies how you instinctually act and go after a problem. So if I give you something like create this cup, do you start creating? Do you go for data? What are all the types of cups? Do you make a plan first? Or do you need to start touching and feeling it and starting to create it? And we build teams based on these Colby scores. Because there's no wrong answer, right? Uh, everyone's a winner on that. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> can't flunk the test. Yeah, right. But it's really valuable to have all these different instinctual uh, people that instinctually act in different ways. So you want, my, my tendency is to start building. Yep. And, and maybe yours Engineer. is. Yeah, exactly. I, and I need and to I touch start, and feel I, it. I'm a reporter, so I start Googling. Right, right. So you need more information. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then other people say, let's get a plan before we start. Mm. So when you build these teams and identify how they respond and react, it's really a powerful way to build a company. That's, I'm going to be thinking about that when we get out there. That's fascinating. I, yeah. uh, talking about people, you know, you're a tech company, as we've been talking about, based in Rhode Island, not mm -hmm. Silicon Valley or Cambridge or some place right. that's a hub for the, a big hub for the industry. Uh, some of the state people would kill me to hear me downplay us as a tech <laughs> hub. But one challenge we always hear from tech executives on the show is about talent. Um, just finding enough of a pipeline of software developers, application people, stuff like that. Sure. How have, have you seen that yourself and how have you tried to address it? We've seen it. Uh, what we try to do is we try to create, like you said, a culture. You know, first that's attracting people and also retaining people. People stay with us for a long time. The next thing we've done is we've worked with a lot of the local schools CCRI, URI, and others 
as a feeder into us. But we've been very successful, too, in drawing people out of Boston, out of Connecticut, and other areas into our area. You know, people sometimes go to Boston and other areas for a little bit more money, but they also get burned out and they don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So what we see is people coming down back to us. And if you've got all the right stuff in place, you've got an environment where people are attracted to it and you can grow. Yeah, and how far does that raise go with the house prices around Boston yeah, right now, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly, right, um, yeah. So, you know, along those lines, state leaders always looking for ideas, suggestions. How do they get right. businesses like yours to stay and grow further? How do they attract more businesses like this and any other type? Sure. What comes to mind? You know, what if, if a state person was here and said, what should we do, Jim? What, what comes yeah, to mind? One of the biggest things, and, and it's not necessarily state, but it, it, it is state as well. I feel like I'm one of the most regulated people on the planet. <laughs> uh, you know, so I we are licensed in all 50 states. We have to know 50 states of, of uh, information about regulation. We're licensed in Canada. I, I'm a pilot. That's <laughs> irrespective. So yeah. I'm, you know, I have to know a lot of FAA regulations. So all this sort of overlies and, and does slow us down. You know, uh, we spend just in licensing uh, $250,000 to $300,000 a mm -hmm. year, just in licensing, just to make sure that all of our 45 insurance agents are licensed in all 50 states to do business. So there's a big sort of underlying expense that goes along with regulation, and that's a tricky thing. Yeah, you so know. finding the ways to have the appropriate level but not overdoing right. it and, and burning people. Yeah, but we will always do it right. Mm -hmm. So we are 100% licensed accurately. Uh, other uh, other people in the industry may not be, and we watch them very carefully. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we've always taken the highest road there. You mentioned you're a pilot, and I have to ask. Uh, one of your uh, employees mentioned to mm -hmm. me, they said, you got to ask Jim how he flies into TF Green to go to yeah, work. I do, yeah. So uh, what happens is I actually lived in New Hampshire last year, and I flew every day from New Hampshire, Pease Air Force Base, uh, Air Force Base to here. And I'd fly in the morning and then fly back. And I, I just love flying. How long did it take you? What was the commute? That's about a half an hour, you know, as, as <laughs> yeah. opposed to a two-hour drive. Right, yeah. Now I live in Annapolis, Maryland, and I come up on Monday and I leave on Thursday. And it's about an hour and 40-minute flight. You just love being up there. I, I, it's, it, I drive, I'm sorry, I fly more than I drive, actually. <laughs> I added it all up and I actually fly more. You know, which, and I just love it. I, it's, it's sort of my special space where I can think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I love working with FAA and other, others. So, so less than a minute left. What's next? What are you excited about for Insure My Trip? You know, Insure My Trip right now is at a great point where we can go and look at some global opportunities. We Right now we're in the U.S. and Canada. Travel insurance is global. There are markets where we feel we can really do well. And we are now looking for sort of that next sort of horizon. We mentioned Australia, uh, Brazil, Europe. All these markets are really high quality markets for travel insurance and we're looking in that direction all right well we'll be keeping an eye we'll look for you in the skies thank jim uh, yes. jim grace founder and ceo of insure my trip thank you for being with us this week and thank you for joining us for this conversation remember you can catch all episodes of executive suite on wpri.com or you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes see you back here next week